Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Anne Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. Hey, Anne, I have a really important question for you. Okay. Are you a squid or are you a kid? Uh, I feel like this is a loaded question that I don't completely understand all the context for. <laughs> it's, the, squids, it... the squids are the bad guys-ish, right? No, the squids, no. Like, in Splatoon, you're a squid kid, but you can turn yes. into a squid. So the whole, the oh, whole oh, like, okay, yeah. advertising campaign for Splatoon was, are you a squid or are you a kid? There was a little song that went with it. It didn't uh, okay. sound like that, but... Well, clearly the option is not kid because i'm too old to have seen those ads (laughs) if i didn't understand the reference then i guess we're gonna go with the deep sea creature that lives in mostly darkness but yes this week our episode is about splatoon but specifically splatoon 2 and my friend ron who is an incredible cartoonist and just an amazing person came on to talk about her experience with this video game yeah and i I think we've we're finding out there are some commonalities between reasons why people love games and love gaming which is interesting like I I don't know that I thought we were going to start to see a pattern quite so soon and yet at the same time I think that people's taste in games is wildly different and that some of their motivations and what they get out of it is also very different so uh, it's an interesting dichotomy between things that are very much the same and things that are just wildly different. Can I also tell uh, going completely off track from like the (laughs) setting up of the episode can I tell a very uh, lovely story involving our guest? Yes. So I could not tell you off the top of my head what My Brother, My Brother and Me episode it was, but the Discord that we are a part of, it's a big collection of some artists, and back when they were still selling Jumbotrons, we all pooled our money together. <laughs> to purchase ah. a Drumbotron and uh, infamously got Griffin McElroy to say, hello, McElroy's. <laughs> so if you ever wondered who did that, Ron and I were a part of a part of that grand scheme to create the best art that has ever been made, if I do say <laughs> so myself. You blessed the internet with a great gift. So we're going to roll into the episode now. I feel like we should have a, a random related funny story like board or something that we clap on to move back into the segue, but we don't have one of those. So we're just going to say that's what we're doing. But I do have one minor listening note, which is that if you are listening to this episode and you have Discord open, it's not your notifications. It's Franz. There are a few (laughs) just background blips from her Discord notifications. And uh, so if you think someone's urgently trying to reach you, you're probably good. I can't promise you that you don't have any, but you're good. You could have one independent of the audio, but that's not up to us. But without further ado, let's just get into it. But yeah, Ron, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your schedule to come on and talk with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, if you just want to introduce yourself, maybe talk a little bit about what you do, and then introduce what topic you brought to talk about today. Okay, sure. Um, so my name's Veronica Agarwal. I also go by Vron. Um, and I am a cartoonist slash illustrator. Right now I'm working on a book for Penguin Ran- Random House called Just Roll With It about a girl with OCD and how that affects her life in middle school. The topic that I brought to talk about today is Splatoon, specifically Splatoon 2 for the Nintendo Switch. It is is a great game that I like a whole bunch. Yeah, for people who may not have ever played either uh, Splatoon 1 or 2 before, could you give like a brief kind of overview of what the game's like? Sure. So like for the most part, I think most people probably know both of these games from their multiplayer function, like online multiplayer. Um, And it's essentially a game 
where you're on teams of four and four and you play as a squid or an octo kid and you shoot ink and whoever covers the most turf with their ink color wins the game um but there are also like different modes like there's a single player mode which is like a little bit smaller but still pretty beefy but like most people i think play it for the multiplayer mode and it's like it's really fun So it's kind of like a little bit like some of the other popular like multiplayer shooter games, but in a nonviolent way, right? Because you're using yeah. you're using ink to claim territory instead of trying to take out your opponents. Like, does anything happen if, if you get is it like paintball? Like if you get shot with ink, does that do anything to your character? Yeah. So if you get shot with ink um, enough times, you can take like a few hits before you get what's called like splatted. And if you get splatted, you just get sent back to your team's starting point and you have to just run into the area again so it's it's kind of nice that there's no like you don't get kicked out of the match entirely if you do get killed you just have to go back to the beginning yeah well and it's a pretty small like i think when a lot of people think of these types of games you think of like PUBG and stuff like that where it's like a big huge environment where it's granted that's more battle royale style but the environments in splatoon are really contained i feel like yeah definitely because i know in PUBG, i don't i don't know about fortnite but in PUBG, you have a really really big map that progressively like gets smaller but splatoon you just kind of have like a medium like there are a few different sizes but for the most part like they're all pretty small compared to the bigger battle royale games when you first started playing splatoon like what initially uh, got you interested in the game Uh, i think definitely like the art direction and the art design i was always really bad at it i played the first one a little bit on the wii u and i was really hard it was hard to get the hang of um and when i got into the switch i was like you know what i really want to get this game and I want to learn to enjoy it because it looks so fun from the outside and just like I love the designs of like the squid and octo kids like they're really cute and there's a lot of interesting fashion in the game so like visually I really enjoyed looking at it so I was like I want to enjoy playing this too Uh, and once you get the hang of it or find a gun that you really like it's super fun yeah how much like customization is there available to you in the game like either your character or the kind of weapons you're using because I gather there are different types of guns yeah so there's like a lot it's like almost wrong to call them guns because like there's so many different types of things like you can have a bucket you can have a roller since like it is quote-unquote paint like there's all the different ways that you can spread paint around like they have different weapons for that you can change your hair I think for the squid kids there's four different hairstyles and the octo kids only have two but you can change between being a boy or a girl at any time in the game and you can change your skin color there's a pretty decent amount of variation for skin color eye color and then like all the different clothes that you can wear and none of it's gendered which is really nice you can wear whatever you want no matter what kind of like squid that you choose to pick yeah well and later on like they introduced because like in the first game like the octolings were like kind of the bad guys right if Mm -hmm. i remember correctly i only played the first game so i have like this weird foggy memory of it (laughs) um but then later on i like in splatoon 2 you could play as them right like that could be your character in splatoon and splatoon 2 the octolings were originally the like villains but then they added a dlc where you actually get to play as an octoling and you start kind of like in this subway and you have to fight your way to the surface and like join Inkopolis, which is where all the squids are and it's really interesting to see like you know how that like you're typically regarded as an enemy but you you're playing as this character and um like every time you open the game there's a thing at the very beginning in splatoon 2 it's off the hook 
it's basically like a little kind of television show and Pearl and Marina host it in Splatoon 2 and um, like Marina is actually an octoling but like for some reason Pearl just like doesn't seem to know that she's just like oh yeah you look different and after the DLC had come out you know they were talking about the octolings and Pearl was like oh yeah they're evil and Marina was like mm. No. But like Pearl just had no no idea that like her best friend was like an octopus. So they kind of I think always wanted to include that because they kind of made it from the beginning like, oh, we're gonna start introducing them to the general like gameplay. I'm trying to like narrow in there's so many things that I think like are like important to talk about with this game. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm like sitting here trying to be like, I don't know which thing to talk about first. <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking about this before I came on and like there was a few things that definitely stuck out to me like because like I feel like I could talk about how fun the gameplay is all day but like the other parts of it like the culture especially was something mm-hmm. that I wanted to talk about so like the thing is that I re- the one of the things that I really like about the culture is like unlike a lot of battle royale games there's no voice chat it's really a blessing mm-hmm. um, yeah. it kind of creates this like you have like the most like minimal amount of conversation possible where you can say booyah or this way or ouch <laughs> you can say three things and that's it and in this game like sometimes you'll be going in expecting to play like a match and you'll go into turf war and then you'll just meet eight other players who just want to ink one spot on the ground and spin around each other and jump around in circles (laughs) and that's that's referred to as like a squid party and it's really sweet because you'll be like all ready to be like okay like we're gonna fight and then they're just like no we just want to chill we just want to jump around each other and jump off the edge of the stage or like find a really weird spot to get to or like write words with our ink and I don't I mean I granted I don't play a lot of other battle royale games but I don't know how many of them have that aspect where people just decide that they want to do something a little different and it's not a one-time thing like that happens to me fairly often and I think it's very sweet yeah I think people try in PUBG yeah like I have some friends who've tried to do a PUBG run where they are just naked and and all they do is wave at people and try to make friends with them and it usually doesn't last very long because (laughs) they do get murdered in the game so yeah I mean I think it's it's clearly people are coming into it with like a different attitude I think that the game is a little bit associated with children like do you do you have any idea like what kind of people play this game or choose it over other games I don't know I know a lot of my friends who play it obviously are my age but I think you get like a really broad spectrum of people who play it because at E3 this past June, you know, they had the Splatoon Invitational where you had like professional teams made up of, I'm not sure how old they were, but they weren't like young, young, you know, they were at least teenagers who were playing it as like an esport. So I feel like the the variety of who can play this game is pretty wide. And my boyfriend got a Switch recently and as a new player, like, you know, I got to experience like someone playing it for the first time. And I found like when he would enter matches, they didn't pair him up with people who was just like all beginners. It's really varied. And I feel like they balance it really well. I'm not sure how they managed to do that. But like you can get someone who's a new player paired up with someone who's level 100 plus but it doesn't feel insanely like unbalanced or like someone else has the total advantage yeah well it's not like there's like a power structure to your leveling it's really just like how much you've played yeah right right it's 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 literally just time so it's like if you can get a handle on it even though you're pretty low level you, you could still like hold your own that's a really smart way to deal with that because especially with it being something on a nintendo system i think it has the ability to be way 
way more accessible versus like on a, you know, like I guess I keep forgetting. I was like, oh, what's that? PUBG? Fortnite? I'm like, oh, I'm old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are all those kids playing these days? But yeah, but like, I mean, I remember even just like with my experiences with Splatoon, like if you hopped into a match and you immediately hit like Booyah and then if your team would all Booyah back and it's like, yeah. oh yeah, we're communicating and we're having yeah. a moment. <laughs> I remember entering a match once where like, you know, in the beginning you enter and most of your teammates will booyah and then you booyah back. But they were just doing it for like a whole minute constantly. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow, you guys are really excited to play Splatoon. <laughs> I was like, I am too, but I can't press this button like and also play at the same time. But they were just like so excited. And it was really wholesome. I want to circle back to this idea of the art style being the thing that kind of got you in there and made you want to play it. What about it made you say, like, yeah, I'm going to get over this difficulty slope of, like, figuring out how to play this game? I think definitely, like, the designs of the player characters, the like, the characters that you can play as, and, like, the clothing options were a big draw. Because they're not, like, typical kind of... Like, I'm the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of, like, customizable characters like Gaia Online, where they have, like, very, like, fancy outfits or very casual outfits. Like, there's a huge broad spectrum. This is... Really really like streetwear chic almost but they're all still really interesting and like look very cool that's kind of the whole thing of the game when you first enter you have to play a few rounds before you can shop because they're like you're not fresh enough um (laughs) the whole thing is kind of like you want to look cool like they care about looking cool and they they definitely accomplish that like the environment looks really cool the clothes like no matter how you pair them up there's a footwear item that's like socks and sandals and yet they somehow still make it look cool (laughs) i'm curious like in terms of wanting to pick splatoon up do you think the, aside from the art style. So this was not really a style of game um, in terms of gameplay that you had played extensively before. Since you're an artist, did the concept of it being paint and like using giant paint rollers or whatever, was that part of what appealed to you when you decided to try it? I think definitely I found it like much more appealing than a regular shooter. PUBG and Fortnite don't really appeal to me at all. I'm sure they're very fun, but like the fact that this was more than just like killing each other was like very interesting to me. And the the first weapon that I got good at, the one that I was the most comfortable with, was the roller. It was just so satisfying to cover, like, the whole stage very evenly <laughs> with paint. Yeah, I just wondered if that was sort of, like, the idea of coloring things is especially satisfying if you're an artist, maybe. Yeah, but... I think def- probably subconsciously to be like, <laughs> oh yeah, like, I get to fill this in, like, basically coloring inside the lines, kind of. How often do you play with, uh, at least with the multiplayer, like, with strangers versus with friends? So most of the time I do play with strangers. It's nice because you can coordinate it without any communication if you want to play with friends. If I see that a friend is online, I can just join up with them and join their match if there's room without having to like message them first and be like, hey, like, do you want to play? If they happen to be online, I can just join them. But most of the time I do just join with strangers, especially because I don't know how long I'm going to be playing for. So then I'm like, oh, I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, let's play for like an hour. And then suddenly I have to go do something. And I'm like, oh, never mind. But it's, it's really nice it it makes it very easy if you want to play with friends you know i don't think you can make a room for general matches but you can definitely like easily join up with a friend and then if you want to join like if you have a friend but you're like you're only friends with each other and like the other person isn't friends they're only friends with one of you you can just join one person and they're like the access point so it's very easy to like join up yeah and it sounds like you don't have the kind of social pressure maybe is the right word yeah like back in the day with world of warcraft or something you know you kind of had this responsibility 
accessibility to the people that you played with. Yeah. And I think that could probably take some of the fun out of it, you know, um, some of the time that you have an obligation to play at a specific time or in a specific way. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Because I think that's something I liked about it without even really thinking about it. So there is a whole community thing around the multiplayer gameplay, or at least there was. I, I believe it just ended. Could you maybe like talk about that a little bit? Because I feel like that was like a big aspect of both Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2. Yeah, so the Splatfests, they are over now, but they're not over due to anything on the community's part. It's just like, I think the game has been out since... I'm not sure how long it's been out, but it's been out for a few years. And like, it's hard on the developers end to keep that up because they have to be the ones to set all of that up. So I I believe Splatoon 1 was the same way where after a year or two, like they were like, okay, this is the final Splatfest. But it's nice because essentially they propose a question to the community and they're like, okay, pick a side. And then once you align with that side, you battle people who picked the other side and you just have to win turf war and whoever win whichever team wins the most battles um is able to like kind of win the clout for that decision or whatever um i've heard it described i don't know if you guys remember everybody votes channel on the wii it's basically that but hardcore everybody votes channel was just like they'd be like you shower in the morning or in the evening and then like everybody on your wii system like if you had family members you would put them in the voting of like which one they picked and then you'd see like how many in a pie chart of like how many people picked in the morning or evening or whatever it was so essentially it's the same thing but beefy and you're you know fighting with paint guns and rollers over it (laughs) but like some of the ones were very low stakes like i think one of them was ketchup and mustard um oh no not ketchup and mustard i think that was one of them but maybe not in this game one of them was something with mayo but then like one of them like the christmas one which was an extra special like i think 72 hour i feel bad because i feel like some people are going to listen to this and be like some of that's wrong (laughs) But like they were like, would you rather spend the holiday with family or friends? And so like that's kind of a sweet, like heartfelt kind of one. A heartfelt thing to defend with. Yeah, paint yeah, guns, exactly. But <laughs> And the other ones are like, I think the one before the final Splatfest was unicorns versus narwhals. And so like that's a little lower stakes. Well, I mean, that depends on who you ask. That's I guess. Fair. A lot of the times for me, I would pick based on ink color. I was like, hmm, which ink color do I like better? Well, because then like, wasn't the last one like order versus chaos? Yeah. And it's like, we're getting really philosophical here, guys. Yeah. Like- they were like, they were like, which world would you like to see? And I was like, this is really, really loaded. <laughs> Did that aspect of the gameplay outside of like actually playing the matches did that like bleed out in any way almost like a meta aspect of like were you talking with friends about Splatfest or playing in it or like what side you were gonna pick and that sort of thing I think mostly it like I never felt that it was like in the community people were like oh like we're picking this and you guys are picking that for the most part if I went over it with my friends it was like oh are you get which team are we picking for more of like the low stakes ones if I had a favorite then I would pick that one but I'm like okay if we pick this team then we can play together but if you pick different teams for the Splatfest, you're not able to play together. So it would kind of be like, okay, like, is there anybody who has like a preference in the event that we can join up, then we can play together during the Splatfest. And then for the most part, they were pretty, very simple. I feel like even chaos versus order. I think the thing people were most concerned with was that Pearl implied that depending on who won, like they would have to break up their duo. They're like, okay, well, whoever wins, like that's the world that it's going to be. And the other person has to deal with it. And then like, 
I mean, I don't know how much anybody cares about spoilers being as over, but <laughs> but then Pearl was like, no, like there's no way we're breaking up. And Marina was like, I'm so happy. And she cried. I was like, wow, very sweet, very wholesome. So yeah, that was the most like drama because people were like, oh no, like, are we going to have like, if chaos wins, are we going to end up with a completely destroyed plaza and like whoever like zombies walking the streets, like <laughs> that kind of thing. I-, I love the idea of people being concerned that they were going to accidentally bring about like an apocalypse yeah, in the really. game. If you're playing a game that has no voice chat Mm -hmm. and you're often playing with strangers what is your perception of the community like like are there ways that you're engaging with people about this outside of the game like how how do you encounter what you would consider to be this platoon community i feel like i encounter them mostly on reddit like sometimes i'll go on the subreddit especially for news about updates like you know when they were still updating the game stuff like that and most of the people were very chill and low-key i didn't see a lot of conversations of like oh if you use this gun then you're like an amateur or anything like that (laughs) i might have seen that like once and then i was like oh okay like it was like a gun that i use and i was like oh okay but then you know (laughs) i've never seen anybody else talk like that like oh don't use this you should use this for the most part i think people just share strategies and talk about like oh how what's the best way to use this weapon i think it's also kind of like on twitter i think it's kind of one of those things that's like hiding almost like i think most people or a lot of the other cartoonists that i follow do play it but no one's really talking about it all the time which is kind of nice in a way like oh connected by this thing yeah i feel like it was always one of those things where it was like once a splatfest cropped up it would be like every like everyone would come out of the word work and be like who what team are we picking guys (laughs) like and then it would be nothing every every couple of weeks it would be like a resurgence of everybody coming out (laughs) and being like all right guys cake or pie like what are we doing here I think it's similar to when like a Nintendo Direct happens. Like you're kind of minding <laughs> yeah. your own business. But if you follow any amount of artist Twitter, like on the day of the Nintendo Direct, it just explodes <laughs> and everybody is like yelling about the same thing. Um, but then like after it, everybody goes back and I was like, okay, back to work, which I always think is really fun and sweet. Yeah, I certainly found out about a lot of people who are way more passionate about uh, Animal Crossing <laughs> yeah. than I thought they were. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting because it's definitely like a shared joy in something that is just like completely I don't know I'm trying to think of a word that doesn't sound like diminutive or dismissive and I because I don't mean Mm. it in that way but like yeah no I get what you mean though it's kind of like dormant almost like for a while when I was playing Splatoon very regularly you know I would get up I would work and I work from home so then like during lunch I would take a break and I would maybe like play a round of Splatoon and then after I would get off work I would go and I would play Splatoon for a little while to like unwind but it was just really part of like my daily routine be like okay I go to work and this is what I do to relax but without it being like this kind of thing because I feel like with Fortnite as well like they're always putting out new updates so it's always kind of like this buzz around it but for the most part Splatoon is pretty like they'll update with new weapons and new content but it's not such like a fanfare about it so I feel like it's very easy to be like low-key like oh yeah I just you know I'll play like a match every once in a while or whatever and like something kind of that you can keep coming back to did you ever play the the single player at all or were you really more just invested in in the multiplayer experience it took me a while like uh to get around to the single player i found when your internet goes out and you want to play splatoon you're like well i guess (laughs) i guess i'll do this but it actually is very fun there's a lot of interesting level design especially in the dlc octo expansion because a lot of it's very 90s centered like the aesthetic like if you 
you look in the backgrounds, you see, like, I think bubble tape was in one of them. Like, you see GameCube floating in the sky. You see, like, the Game Boy Color floating in the sky. Kind of like a vaporwave aesthetic almost, which was, like, really fun to look at. And just, like, it's really nice if you if you kind of want to feel, like, a lower, like, not as much pressure. Because sometimes if you keep getting beat after a while, it can maybe get frustrating. But if you just want to casually play, the single player is really good for that because you can just take it at your own pace. You can pause whenever you want, which is really nice. And like, I think it's definitely a lot of people buy the game for the multiplayer, but I do feel like the single player is strong. It's definitely a strong aspect of it, even if it's not the biggest draw. Yeah, I have a question. I'm I'm a little unsure how to word it. So we've talked to some other artists, including our, our friend um, Kevin Kevin Budnick, I do have to specify because we did have four Kevins in a row, <laughs> but we also talked to him about uh, about gaming and gaming specifically as a component of a creative lifestyle of mm-hmm. of finding of what's what purpose it serves in their lives. And can you talk a little bit about? You said that this is something that you play as a break, and that partially it's because it's it's low pressure. But what needs do you think that it fills for you when you're taking a break from art versus maybe watching TV or um, playing a different sort of game or or some other hobby that you might be doing that's like a fascinating subject because i also think about that a lot like how because for a while like i said i was playing splatoon very regularly after work and like it was really filling like a hole for me like you said like tv or something else wasn't necessarily filling and i think it was it's kind of a mix of you know a lot of people talk about having hobbies that you're not necessarily like an expert at and with splatoon there's like a really nice learning curve and you can kind of go back you can choose different weapons and like be bad at it and then then get better so like that's kind of nice that you don't have to be like for me I don't really care if I win or lose like for me I'm content just playing so not having to be the best like sometimes working in an artistic field you visualize something so strongly and when you can't get it out you know you get very frustrated this I also think it's nice because it's very interactive and it feels very fulfilling I'm not even sure like I'm trying to think why specifically I just remember for me taking like a 15 minute break to play Splatoon felt like I was really like fully resting as opposed to like sometimes you'll take a break and you'll go on Twitter but you feel like oh boy like my break's already over. I think part of it has to do with how engaging it is because it really makes your the work part of your brain shut off because you have to focus on what's in front of you as opposed to like TV your mind can wander to other things or you can like go on Twitter but like in a multiplayer match you can't pause it so your mind's like focused on this one thing instead of trying to multitask. I think that's something that was that's really helpful I think there's something about games that are goal oriented enough even that even when you don't care about the outcome that it like uh, I don't know it almost like tricks your brain into being like you accomplish something yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) because I'm trying to think because Animal Crossing is I think fills the same need for a lot of people but you're not focused like a like an exciting match in the same way for Splatoon you're you're playing like a very intense two minutes or so and like with Animal Crossing it's not the same kind of intensity but it relaxes people in the same way I think a lot of games at least a lot of the games that I choose to play do that but in different in like so many different ways yeah I was gonna ask do you find yourself looking for games that are similar to Splatoon now that you've gotten into it or is this kind of still standalone for you like this is the only type of game you know that, or that Splatoon is like that you'll play i think this is really the only type of game like i don't need to look for another splatoon especially because the multiplayer nature keeps it really fresh like splatoon is the game that i've put the most hours in on my switch 
I think it's definitely easy to kind of lose that like fresh feeling when like if you go to other games and you're like, oh, I want to replay this, but you can't capture like that initial excitement. Um, But because you're always playing with different people and because like, you know, there's also, you know, you can play the ranked battles, which is there's like a few different types of that. And you can also play Salmon Run, which is its own thing entirely that has different weapons from time to time. All those things changing keeps it from feeling like, oh, I've experienced like all of this already or like I feel like I've done the same thing because that's something like that I really struggle with is you know wanting to go back and like hold on to that feeling but not being able to with a lot of things I don't know if you guys experience it but it's like it's hard when you're like oh I want to go back and experience how I felt like one thing I think of is like playing Breath of the Wild for the first time that's kind of like impossible to do yeah I I think that's pretty relatable of wanting that sense of it's like both wanting the familiarity but also the freshness of it of the first time time playing something it's a hard thing to get back and i think it's it's like a nostalgia but you have to keep looking for it because it has to be new for it to feel nostalgic which is weird but yeah i think i think that that's something a lot of people encounter i mean not just with games but with other forms of entertainment yeah yeah no i mean i think about that a lot especially with like story-based games that like really affected me when i was young and then it's like you go like i'll go back and i'll replay it and i'm like oh it it doesn't feel it's not the same like yeah i wasn't experiencing it with this like wonder at this maybe I'm more analytical about it now too but also it's just like there's really something about getting that like that experience that really almost revolutionizes how you see a lot of things so yeah that's really interesting that like the nature of Splatoon basically allows that to, like you're never gonna play the same match ever because it's always gonna be different people you can really never repeat that experience I don't have a thought. I don't have a question yeah, off of that. Thinking. I was just like, yeah. Like. No, because I'm, I'm thinking like how right you are. And I'm thinking like, I think that's why Splatoon is such a special game for me because it lets me hold on to that like feeling. Because I don't mean to imply that like, oh, once I get bored of a game, like it's useless to me or something. But like, it's kind of sad when you want to go back and experience the same feeling that you felt playing a game and you're like okay like this is still something I enjoy but I'm not in the same emotional place but I think because Splatoon is different every time you play it like it can meet you and you can meet it like in whatever place you are because I think like you were saying about narrative games I feel like if you were in a specific point in your life when you played it for the first time and then you go back to it later you're not necessarily like looking at it the same way even if you're enjoying it you're like you're not the same person almost but a game that evolves and changes with you you don't have that expectation maybe yeah that's a pretty hard target to hit of like needing something to be ephemeral and exciting but also needing to be able to return to it i'm not sure if i could think of of something else that maybe fulfills that need the way that splatoon does for you i don't know if i have something that i feel quite the same way about yeah and i think it's also hard because sometimes you know i was talking to emily when when she first asked me to be on the podcast and i was like you know when i was like in my splatoon heyday or whatever, you know, when I was playing it much more often, but now I'm I'm not playing it as often anymore because I have other games that I want to get through. And it's like, it's almost hard when it's something that you enjoyed for so long and then you're like, oh no, like you can feel it fading and you kind of want to grab onto that. But it's almost nice because to prep for this, I was pl- 
playing it more often again. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, like it's not going anywhere. Even if you take a break for a long time, you can still come back to it, which is true about games, you know, any game. But this one will always be kind of the same changing thing. Well, and there's thrill in that moment when you do revisit something and you kind of have that spark of like, oh, this is why I liked this. Or this yeah. is why, and this is why I still like it. It's like, oh, yeah. it is still here. Like, cool. Yeah. Just wanted to check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm curious because I, I keep coming back to this idea that you mentioned about the art style being the thing that really drew you to the game. Do you feel like on top of it being something that you play to take breaks and, and almost check in with yourself between work and when you're done with it, like, do you feel like it's influenced your art at all? Like the visual design of this game? I think it probably definitely has in ways that I don't realize. And then it also almost, I feel like it influences my storytelling more. I was talking to some friends and I was like, you know, if I were to think of like the most self-indulgent fan comic that I could come up with, I would want to do like this deep, dramatic, almost like trashy Splatoon story that's almost like a teen drama kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And like, that's really outside of what I normally make stories about. So like, that's kind of a fun, a fun thinking exercise, you know, where I can play around with like, oh, this like Octoling that lives in Angopolis and like gets put on a team with really snobby squid kids. And like, what would that be like, you know, and all that, that kind of thing. So like, I feel like storytelling wise, I'm like, it lets me think of stuff that I normally wouldn't think about. Yeah. Since I, I haven't played this game, you were talking about the two characters. Are they, are they like hosts? Like how does the story frame the gameplay of these matches? So yeah, so they're the two hosts and typically what will happen is, so especially for like the last Splatfest, Chaos was Pearl's side and Order was Marina's side. So for each Splatfest, like each of the hosts will pick a side. So when you're picking your side, you're typically siding with one, you're going to be siding with one of them. And it's actually, it's funny because when I first started the game, I didn't feel especially attached to them just because you don't interact with them all that much besides when you first start playing. But then when you play through the DLC, you find a radio and you get to like, they're the two that you talk to while you're stuck underground and you get to like read their chat together and like all this stuff and like them cheering you on I was like wow I'm really attached to these characters now because like I've gotten to know them through the DLC so like they really fleshed them out which was really nice instead of just being like oh like you know here are the two like they're very sweet characters but before that it's kind of like okay like here are the two hosts and one is picking this side of the Splatfest and this one's picking the other side but after a while you know when you play it very often the opening dialogue is the same so you're like okay you're like yeah (laughs) we're you know we're saying what the stage are we saying we're saying what the ranked battle is and that's about it even having a little bit of that do you think it changes the way you experience the game or the like the stakes of the matches at all like having these fictional characters that you know a little bit about does it make it different um i think it definitely impacted how i felt like i remember the first splatfest after i finished the dlc i was like oh like they're my friends Pearl and Marina. you know like <laughs> instead of being like oh like there they are because in the splatfest what they'll do is they'll put a big stage out and they'll have like a concert and kind of like really dress up the square and like all this stuff which is really fun for that like it felt like much more connected to them as opposed to like okay they're just like this is just like the thing that happens every time yeah i don't know if i have a question this feels like the way you've described it it's like a world that has evolved not only with like its players but also like with itself and that's and its characters and then for you to comment about how this has affected your storytelling like that's just really like i'm really into that 
especially as someone who, like, I, I bounced off of Splatoon very quickly because I couldn't get a hang of the uh, gameplay at all. Yeah, that was my experience with with Splatoon 1 for sure. Yeah, it was just like, I gave it a good college try, but then afterwards it was like, maybe this isn't for me. So it's really interesting to hear that, like, Splatoon 2 really clicked with you in a, in a different way that other games hadn't before. I think it's also because, like, yeah, I definitely, with Splatoon 1, like, I also gave it the college try and I was like, this is very difficult. But then after a while of playing Splatoon 2, I was like, you know, I was like, I want to like this game. I want to get good at this game to where I can enjoy it. And then after a while, you know, just testing the different guns out and getting used to it, like something was like, oh, okay, like now I kind of understand how to play. And then from there, it was much easier. Once you get used to playing technically, then you can kind of start to suss out how to play like strategically, which is very interesting. And then like, as you discover like which guns you're good at, you can go further with that, which is like a lot of fun. So we we talked about the storytelling aspect and the relaxation aspect as well. But what do you think that has you taken away from playing this game? Like, do you think that it's given you any sort of skills or any sort of insight that affects your real life at all? Or is it just kind of, you know, a fun thing that you do on the side and it fills that hole and it doesn't sort of bleed out into the rest of your life? I think it definitely bleeds out into the rest of my life, but not in like in any way that it's like affecting things more that I'm just like, I'm very fond of it. And like thinking about it makes me happy and like drawing the squids and octolings in my free time like makes me happy and thinking about like, oh yeah, like I love to think about how cool of a game this is. Like it gives me a lot of joy to think about. So I think that in that way, it definitely impacts my life outside of it. I think it's definitely, this is kind of like a hobby that I really enjoy. Yeah, there's something really nice about just being like, I like this thing and it brings me joy and even just making a couple things around it brings me joy. It doesn't have to like, not that it doesn't have to go deeper, but it's just like, <laughs> it's it's nice to have those things. <laughs> yeah. Like without, I think it's easy to, you know, with the way that society is to be like, oh, I like this thing. Okay. Like, can I monetize it kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, not because we're money hungry, but because like we need to survive. And so like to be able to like, oh, I have this thing and it just makes me happy and I enjoy it. It's like, it's nice to have just to have that thing. So no plans to join a Splatoon esports team in the future. I've thought about it, but I think it would really, it would probably kill my love for the game because I'd be like, okay, now I got to get good. Mm, Um, And I'm I'm like, not to toot my own horn, but I'm fairly good at the game. But I just feel like once you become like someone who's trying to play it to win, then I would be like, I'd, I'd notice all the holes of where like right now when I do it well, I'm like, oh yeah, like that was really good. But then if I was playing to like win... I'd be like, oh, no, that wasn't as good as I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, then you have to start looking for your weaknesses as opposed to celebrating your strengths. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think if we missed anything really important. I don't um, know. I think we did a good... I, I, you could say yeah. that we painted with a pretty broad brush. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now I have to quit the podcast. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. We had a good run. Um, well, I will. I will ask. So, so typically, what we do is um, when people bring on topics, we kind of ask them at the end to sort of give, for lack of a better term, an elevator pitch of it. So, like, if you ran into someone who was like, "Man, I really want to maybe play Splatoon two, but I don't know if I would like it." Like, what would you tell that person to kind of maybe get them to try it out? I think definitely I'm okay you have to give me a minute because now I have to like formulate a pitch because my first (laughs) my first thought was like well it is a $60 game which like that's not helpful that's not helping anybody pick up the game there's no trial on the eShop so that's also not helping anybody pick up the game gaming is an expensive hobby but I think if you have the means and like you know if you're willing to give it a shot like it's very unique 
and it's very different than any of the other like online multiplayer games that are out there so if you're not really enticed by like PUBG or Fortnite you know you might still find this really enjoyable because it comes at it from such a completely different angle you know instead of this focus on like being the best or like killing everybody there is more of a focus on like teamwork and working together which can be really nice if you didn't want to kill anybody for a whole match like you wouldn't have to you could just focus on painting if that was something that you wanted to do so that i think is pretty is pretty nice so there's a lot of different ways to play depending on what your play style is like if you want to hang in the back you can do sniping and that's allows you to just kind of sit and chill and you don't have to be as in the center or you know, if you want to be in the center, there's guns for that, that kind of thing. So no matter like what kind of player you are, you can probably find a way that you could play it that wouldn't that you would enjoy it. I think that's a good pitch. <laughs> and do you have anything? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about it, but I, I kind of feel like we we sort of answered what my question, my, my hypothetical question would have been when you were talking about potentially doing a comic based on the Splatoon universe. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's there's like a slightly different version of that question, which is if you were to to have Splatoon be part of your life potentially in another way than it is currently, what would you want that to be? Like, and, and we're going to say that that skill doesn't matter. So you can be a professional, the best esports player if you want. You can be a game developer and work on Splatoon 3 if you want. Any any kind of contribution that you could make to the universe of it. Is there something else that you would like to get out of it that you're not right now? Or are you happy with how things are? It's it's funny. The one thing that I can think of is almost like this adjacent, which would be like laser tag, but Splatoon, <laughs> which like I think of often how cool that would be. Um, because like, I'm also trying to get into exercise right now. And like the idea that you could play the game in real life and be able to kind of engage with it that way. And I think visually mm-hmm. like that creates a lot of interesting not problems, but like a lot of interesting things that you have to solve, you know, like how do you recreate the ink on the ground? Like, how are you, whatever the obstacles, etc. like all those kinds of things. So I think that like it leads into the same way that I'm playing it now. It's just like really like casual fun and to be able to play it with like people in a big group, which I guess is like, it's not any different from what I'm getting out of it, but I'm like, oh, just a different yeah. medium to experience it in. And hey, immersive experiences are like all the rage right now. So it's not, it's not really an escape room but it's kind of like a split you know yeah it's it's, yeah no it's basically like i'm so excited about the idea of splatoon laser tag and i want this (laughs) to be a reality and i want to make it i want to help make it a reality now i think it would be a ton of fun because i think you could like i like i've been thinking i'm like okay you could put like sensors on people's feet and when they walk over the tiles like depending on what sensor depends on what color but there's no like i can't i don't know i can't think of the ways to implement like the super jump or the, <laughs> the, the warp the warp function yeah <laughs> so there are some holes but that's okay well ron thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us thank you for having me it was really lovely i'm glad you had a good time um where can people find you on the internet uh anything you want to plug if you want to mention um your book again uh this is your space to promote yourself so go for it Okay, so I'm a new and new on Twitter, A-N-U-A-N-E-W. Um, I have a portfolio over at wispafolio.com, and our book won't be out until 2021. But I do have a book that just came out called Alexis for Summer Vacation, um, which is being sold by Avenue A. I don't think you can get it at typical booksellers, but I am very proud of it. So if you're interested in checking it out, you can check it out on their website. It's about a girl who's going into the summer right before her first year of high school. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. This was so much fun. Thank you guys. 
Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, you can hit us up there or via our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com or cover a wall and paint and we'll figure it out. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on the surface of your choice. And if you like the show, tell a friend or rep the show conceptually with only the freshest of styles. Until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.